What's up, y'all? And welcome back to Danny's Talk. I'm your host, Robert. And today, we have lots of <laughs> chaotic storms brewing. And I finally got to check out Abbott Elementary. So let's get to it. Alright y'all, so we are back for another week, <laughs> another week of adventures, is my camera losing focus, what is going on, uh, yeah y'all, it is, uh, I feel like it has been a strange handful of days, um, especially, especially since I did the main podcast episode last week. Yeah, I don't know, but before I get into all that, as always, if this is your first time here, welcome. But if you're a returning listener or watcher, then welcome back. Let me see what's going on with Ash. Well, <laughs> he's alright, but man, it is there. There's there's barely any downtime around here. It is it is always something going on with somebody somewhere. Man, so I, I don't even know <laughs> where to really start. Um, like I said, it, it has been a very strange feeling, at least handful of days. Um, just because, and, and I know I'm kind of just like just jumping straight into stuff, but hey, let's just roll with it and see 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 where this uh, conversation takes us today. But so. Y'all know, or most of y'all know, unless this, is, unless this is your first time here, I live in Texas. I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and you know we had the uh, little winter storm come through end of last week. So, of course, it was chaos everywhere because everybody was, a lot of people were freaking out, thinking it might be the same thing that happened last year where we were like, where the whole freaking south was iced over for a whole week. Luckily, that was not the case, but, you know, of course, it was like Wednesday Wednesday when I left work. It was just lots of, you know, making sure we had everything we needed because we had already did some grocery shopping uh, days prior. But it was like, you know what, let's, let's just grab some extra this and that just to be safe, especially you got five kids just to be safe. <laughs> uh, and so, you know. I didn't go to work Tuesday, uh, Thursday and Friday just because I obviously woke up, woke up uh, Thursday morning, snow everywhere, ice everywhere. And then Friday morning, it was still a little icy or whatever. It had melted though or whatever and people were starting to drive and stuff, but it was still a little bit icy, especially early in the morning when I normally, when I normally would get up to head off to work. So I was just home again. Friday and then get to the weekend and well first of all then my like Friday afternoon my wife and oldest daughter left because um you know I mentioned before she got invited to run at a event in Houston so they left to do that because uh, she's gonna be running running over the weekend and so 
for me and the with the, for me and the other kids, I think I only had to do, I think just two basketball games, uh, which luckily the Saturday one it was only one, um, well one that we could attend, because <laughs> originally when when my wife checked the schedule, there was a game for one of his other teams that was like listed for like three o'clock Sunday, and then all of a sudden like three o'clock Saturday. She's getting phone calls from people being like, hey, where, where, where's Jay at? Where are y'all at? Da, 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 da. And then found out that the game got moved to Saturday. And But it's like, by the time we found out, it's like, ain't no point. Because by the time, you know, realistically, probably if, if, if we really wanted to, we could have rushed and scrambled and got him there maybe at least by halftime. But I'm like, but at the same time, it's like, no, no. <laughs> You know, we, we do not need to rush and scramble to every freaking game, um, especially for, in this case, this is for one of the teams that he's not necessarily obligated to play with because, like, he's officially not really even on this team anymore, but it's just, like, they had some players that had injuries or whatever, so they're like, well, can we still, you know, borrow him from time to time, which time to time is every weekend. <laughs> and so it was like, you know what? They'll be fine one game without him. But anywho, uh, so he didn't have an actual game until Saturday night at like freaking 8 p.m. So me, took the whole crew. We all went there to support or whatever. And it was a freaking fun. It was a fun game to watch. Not from a basketball standpoint, but just watching the kids doing their thing or whatever. Because it was a full blowout. I think they won. It was like 40. I want to say it was like 40. 48 to 13, I think, something like that. 48, 13, something, something around there, roughly. Um, so, yeah, so not, not too much of a thing, but, you know, early on in the game, I could kind of look at the other team and tell that they were a little bit, a little bit more inexperienced players, or whatever, just be just, you know, especially like I said, in this day and age, like where like my oldest son, he's 13, but he's been playing since he was like six or seven. And especially the the team that he's that that he played with Saturday night, that's his his like original team that he played with. So these so they've been playing together on and off, but collectively for like five years. So you know you got chemistry with kids that's been playing with each, with each other since they were like six or seven years old, and they're teenagers now or preteens. You know, but uh, but anywho, so yeah, so. Did that game, and then Sunday, my daughter, she did freaking fantastic. <laughs> I, I don't know what has come over her, like, since, it feels like since the New Year started or whatever, but, like, you know, she she's always been pretty solid at defense. All right, apologies, I keep stopping. Uh, <laughs> Vash is having a little fit. But I think my wife has them now. But um, but yeah, but but yeah, my daughter, she uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she just <laughs> she just been turning up a notch um since since the new year has started. Cause like I like I was saying, you know, she's always been pretty solid on defense, but you know, she didn't have the offensive side. Um, and, and I think I think some of it might have been a mix of confidence to go with it but 
I think just through her just continuing to strive and to push forward, as well as, you know, she has other siblings that are also competitive, especially, you know, her oldest brother, my oldest son, you know, seeing what he be doing. Uh, I think that's just like a way for all of them to kind of motivate each other. And yeah, they, um, her game, they won as well. I think that game was also, I think 40 something to 13 and she had her highest scoring game so far. I think she had 13 points herself. So, (laughs) and, 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 and the, and the interesting thing about that though is like, you know, on the flip side, my, my daughter that does track, you know, because of the fact that like, so, you know, the event that they went to, they ran on an indoor track, which I've never ran indoor track, but I saw videos of it and just hearing people talk about it or whatever. It's a whole other beast from just normal track that you run like on an outside track. And so, uh, the 400, she didn't do good. She, she uh, Cause I guess on the in lane one, they had like this like like metal ring that's like on the ground on the inside that she kept on like tripping over or whatever. Cause you know just just the way that she's used to running tight on the curve, she's not you know paying attention and her foot it kept on you know slipping on it or whatever. So that that was a little bit of a struggle for her, but uh, she she did a little bit better in the eight hundred, but. You know, and, and, and just kind of just having to just just like the idea of like, you know, uh, like 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 on, on an older episode that I did, I, I think I did this even before I started doing video <laughs> and YouTube and stuff. But um, but I did a podcast episode that was called um, Raising Child Athletes and. It's, it's a constant ongoing thing just because like in the case of prime example, my daughters, they're twins, but this weekend they were on, op- on opposite ends of the spectrum to where one had one of her best sports performances that she's had so far. And the other one had one of her worst. And so just kind of having to, you know, have conversations with, you know, both of them, of course, as far as like, Hey, encouragement and all this stuff whatever but also you know just you know coaching like hey this is you know it's okay you didn't do well but blah 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 blah. so yeah and 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 it kind of just got me thinking a bit of just (laughs) and 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 i think i think this is something i was potentially going to talk about last week but just the kind of like general thought and Granted, I feel like, I feel like I've talked about this a little bit before in the past, but it's just like sometimes when I like like really stop and like think about what all I do and like my day to day, my normal week to week, and it's like sometimes it'd be like, man, like how how do I manage to squeeze everything in that I do within the 24 hours, the seven days, whatever. And of course, you know, some of it is because like, okay, there's, you know, there's sacrifices, you know, made here and there, some intentionally, some unintentionally, like, hey, lack of rest, right? Lack of sleep. Um, you know, maybe not do my best on my diet and just, just different stuff like that. And like, oh, you know, 
it might be a day or a week to where, hey, I'm going super hard on the podcast stuff or whatever. And, you know, maybe not spending as much time with the kids and stuff as I should. And then vice versa to where it's like, man, I'm exhausted, you know, going to all these practices and games and stuff. And so it is just like time passes so quickly because sometimes it's like I because re- because especially because of the the age spectrum I have of my kids and it's like it's like sometimes it's like looking at Vash him being four versus my oldest Jay he is 13 and so sometimes it's like you know I'll just be just either just around the house or when we're in the car driving or when I'm watching my oldest play on the court or whatever and it's just like, man, he is really growing up. And so sometimes it just kind of like comes to my mind. It's like, man, like, like what all have I actually taught you or imparted on you in in the years that I have known him? Because like, you know, like I've told you before, my, my, old, my four oldest kids, my wife had them before I met her. But when I met her, they were all young. They were from oldest to youngest they were five four and one and now they are 13 12 and nine and so it's like in these six going on seven years it's like have have i done a good job you know like like have have i been too strict or too lenient in some areas and it, it, it and it's like you know should i be spending more time doing xyz or this and that and then it's also like same thing like with vash sometimes it's like he's four already <laughs> it's like it's like it's like not that long ago he could fit in the palm of my hand um or i could practically hold him with one hand now when I'm like picking him up, picking him up and like, you no, know, he's just in the mood or we're just hugging and I'm loving on him or I'm, you know, picking him up by my bed. He could put him in his bed for the night or whatever. And it's like now I have this long torso <laughs> that I am holding. It is no longer this this small person in my hand. It is now somebody who is like growing up having his own personality and his own interests and stuff like that. And now it's like, now his feet are like, when I'm holding him, his feet are like dangling to my knees. And so it's like, crap, man. It's like, he's going to be in school, hopefully by the end of this year. And yeah, it's just, just a lot of reflection that I, that I do from time to time. And I don't know. So sometimes I kind of think like, like are there should i be allocating time differently should i be pursuing other stuff um because you know i'll i'll admit even though i might not have the flashiest setup with my podcast and the video and all that stuff whatever like like some people do i still do put a lot of time um and, and honestly some some of it i've i feel like now i put a lot of time as far as like consuming content to talk about and stuff on here versus like like 
especially like early, like like last summer when I was kind of like first learning stuff, whatever, and even like to, into the early fall. I was also putting in a lot of time, like just like researching, like how all this stuff works too. You know, as far as like how to use Canva and what is OBS and all this different stuff. And I have kind of slacked a little bit on that front, but it's just because it's like now I'm putting more time and energy into creating. Um, and so, but sometimes it's, it's kind of funny because some days I'm like, man, I be going in way harder on the podcast and the YouTube stuff than what I do on my day job. But like I said, I kind of have that benefit because of the nature of my day job. But it is also a kind of like having to do a reality check sometimes of of having a feminist house that I do, you know, my, my wife included, you know, that is, <laughs> you know, another adult and five kids and a couple of cats <laughs> uh, to support. And it's like, I know if I probably really put my mind and time into it. I, I definitely could be working elsewhere, probably making way more money and stuff. But I am also kind of just like taking this time because like I said before, you know, it's like it's like the last big job I had a couple of years ago. Honestly, nearly, nearly drove me insane to my breaking point. And so I think that I am kind of just enjoying to an extent and maybe, maybe to a fault sometimes this piece that I have loosely <laughs> at, at my current job and it's like man it's like okay the 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 year and a half now that I've been here and maybe I will put in a little bit more time because me having the freedom that I have at that job allows me to do more stuff with the podcast or whatever but it's also like but it's also like am I also putting myself in certain situations to where it's like, okay, yeah, you know, kind of struggle sometimes financially, but it's like, I probably could, shouldn't if I actually, you know, allocated more into maybe getting a different job or pursuing other stuff that way or whatever, but I don't know. Like I said, I, I know this is kind of like a lot to kind of ramble about just off the gate with, with the podcast this week, but I also like to just be open with y'all as well as just honestly for myself for for if there ever is a day and time to where I decide to just go back to listen to some of these episodes and stuff years down the line just kind of want to be able to present myself present y'all my future and my future self where my mind was at this point in time of uh early February of 2022 but yeah like I said, just, just a lot of stuff just always going through my mind. Um, but we continue to push forward um, and hope for the best. You know, it, it, it you know, um, I, I will say this weekend was like a prime example or these last few days of of me realizing sometimes like, Whenever I truly do have like a like an actual like a day off where it's like, hey, there are like I don't have to do any sporting events for any of the kids or if I do, it's like one game or something. And then it's like I'm realizing that like some of these days I am like sleeping a lot, 
don't have a lot of energy. Now, some of that could just be, hey, I need to start working out more to get those things pumping or whatever. But it's also like, man, it's like, am I just like draining myself throughout most days to where it's like, okay, by the time I finally get a day where I can catch up, it is just so much that it's like, okay, I need X amount of days to also recover and recoup. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to... Just trying to figure out life, <laughs> to 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 be honest with y'all. Um, but enough rambling from me. Uh, just a couple of just like quick housekeeping. A eh, couple of quick housekeeping things I want to uh, touch on. One of which is uh is I want to give a shout out. Let me see if I can pull this up. Let me fix it. So, a few weeks ago, I had mentioned that I got the awesome chance to do a international recording, um, but I couldn't, you know, didn't talk about what it was at the time because I wanted to wait until it was out. Well, now, uh, the podcast is out. Um, it is a collab, a, a podcast I did with my buddy Philip from Lords of Dorkstown podcast. Um, they are a Australian-based podcast. And yeah, it, it was just like a super fun conversation to have for one, just like, cause at the time when, when we were recording, it was like 10 or 11 PM here, but it was like four or 5 PM there the next day there. And so it was like, by the time we finished recording or whatever, it was like 1 AM or so. And I was like, man, I gotta go to bed. And it was like 6 p.m. for him. And he was like, all right, I'm just go, got to go get di- uh, get dinner ready. <laughs> so it was like just that that perspective. Um, he's also a dad as well. So just having some dad conversations uh, and talking about some uh, some of our favorite shows and stuff and manga. They don't get as much love as they feel like they should be. Um, a couple of those that we talked about was uh, uh, he brought up Golden Kamui. And I brought up No Guns Life. So definitely two series that need more love. Uh, No Guns Life manga ended last year. So that's now a full complete series that hopefully I'll get to at some point not too far along. Or not too, no, and not too distant the future. And then uh, Golden Kamui, which that's one that's also kind of in its, uh, it's in its, final bits of the manga as well and i think another season of the anime is also about to come out too so um but yeah so that dropped as well as let me see if i can let me see see if i can find this really quickly other cool let me see all right, and the other uh, collaboration I did over the last week was uh, my friends over at the uh, the Shonen Flop podcast. We got together and we talked about the manga Black Torch. Now, Shonen Flop, they, as you maybe maybe can guess by the name, they primarily cover a lot of series that has that has been canceled in the in Shonen Jump, and so. Yeah, so Black Torch was one of those series that got canceled a couple years back. And so we covered it. So go check out that podcast episode to hear 
my thoughts, our thoughts on that series. Um, and also go read it. It's, you know, only 20 chapters, but they're <laughs> because the series released uh, monthly, they are like 40, 50 page chapters. <laughs> so just know that going into it. But, uh, but yeah, but that was that. Um, I also did a couple more reviews since last week that most of y'all if y'all subscribe to the podcast feed y'all saw them but i reviewed volume one of kaiju number eight as as well as now with this one i figured it was a it was a good time to, to revisit this one because the manga just came back so the manga for kaiju number eight has been on hiatus for the last month because um, we just finished up a big arc um, and we kind of just kind of get, getting back in the swing of things. Um, so I figured I was like, you know what, this would be a good time for me to go back and revisit the early parts of the series and it was a fantastic reread. Uh, so, yeah, so go check that out as well as um, I finally recorded my thoughts on My Home Hero Part 1. Uh, so yeah, go check those out. And I'm trying to think, do I have any other housekeeping things? Um, yeah, I don't know. Just, just be on the lookout. I'll, I'll, I'm pretty sure I'll probably forget something. I'm gonna pop up somewhere. <laughs> um, somebody to show something that I forgot. Um, um now I will say, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, I have some stuff in the works coming up for for the next couple of weeks of the month. So. The podcast format might change a little bit. It might not be the usual covering the shows and stuff that might have came out that week. I don't know. I'm I'm about to. I'm just gonna see how I feel. You know, uh, when those episodes and stuff come. Um, but got got more stuff brewing. Um, reminder, you know, Fire Force is in its final phase, so I'm still planning on doing some type of a. Uh, discussion episode or something when that ends but i know it's a maybe a couple chapters left so who knows when i'm gonna drop that as well as uh uh undead unluck chapter 100 is coming up soon as well so me and the homie scuba steve from inside mind of a blur podcast still got stuff cooking up for that and yeah um and 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 i just want to say also even though I know I said I kind of rambled a lot up here at the beginning, but uh, anybody that might have recently found me or discovered me through a lot of the uh, Black History Month stuff that's going on in the community right now, uh, and, and, and I guess like 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 this part is kind of like a general thing for everybody, but uh, I, I just know there was a lot of people in some of the Twitter spaces that I was in over the last week. Um, so three, three primary Twitter spaces I was in last week was, uh, one of them was Moody Senpai. She does, she usually does, does a Twitter space on Saturday nights called, uh, Senpai Saturdays, where we just kind of just get together and just discuss various, um, anime and manga topics or whatever. Uh, Cause this past Saturday we talked about time travel, time travel anime and time skips. Uh, another person I want to give a shout out to is, uh, Panda on Twitter, Panda the Don. Uh, she has started doing Twitter spaces 
it looks like they it looks like they might be Friday nights uh, for ranking of kings because uh, that that was a super awesome discussion. Um, and, and just as a reminder, these Twitter spaces are recorded as well, so y'all can go back and find these and listen to them as well. Um, and then of course, um, anime after dark Twitter space from uh, the Worst Gen podcast in collaboration in collaboration with Blanime podcast. Um, but I just want to just shout those out because there was a lot of people uh, that popped up in all of those spaces throughout the week that some a lot of them kind of came up and spoke for the first time. I was like, hey, I did not know that that there was these type of Twitter spaces going on, that there is good and decent people <laughs> on, on Twitter and stuff in the community that are having actually nice and civil conversations um, about a variety of different anime and manga series and stuff, whatever. So, so I definitely, like I said, just want to shout out anybody that might've found me through that. Um, and like I said, anybody that might've, that might be listening to me, that don't know about those Twitter spaces, go check them out, go follow those people, go follow those hashtags. So the hashtags are anime after dark CH, um, Ooh, what was it? Uh, Senpai Saturdays, and then I believe uh, for for the ranking of kings, I think that's a, a Tabernacle of Boji. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go check those out. Check out those threads and stuff, whatever. But enough. I have done thirty minutes of talking. <laughs> uh, but let's go ahead and just kind of. Uh, dive into some stuff now i don't really have anything noteworthy noteworthy to mention as far as news this week that i can think of um yeah i don't think nothing really has come up uh but yeah but i i just want to give just a quick shout out real quick game wise i'm not gonna go into too much because i talked about it a lot last week and i'm and i definitely will probably do like a whole re- separate uh, review thing once I'm done, but I'm still playing Pokemon Legends. I think I'm like 30-something hours into it now and still loving it, still enjoying my time with it. And I I am glad that it has hooked me because as most of y'all know, this is the podcast. We don't talk about games that much, but I want to try to continue like like just like what I did with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy a few months ago. When I find a game I'm enjoying and it's got its hooks in me, stick with it and see it through. Just because with so, how much media I consume in a day or in a, in a given week, between all the anime, TV shows, manga I'm reading, and stuff, whatever, it's like, if I don't stay consistent when I'm playing a game in that, it, it can quickly get lost in the shuffle. So I definitely want to... And, and, I, think, and I think because I also kind of have a sort of timeline in my head of I want to have this game finished uh before the end of next week before the 18th because Horizon Forbidden West is coming out and I definitely don't want to stop Pokemon and then go to that I want to complete Pokemon at least like like, like the main story of it and then you know be able to kind of like you know still play around with it and stuff whatever but I like have like the main story and stuff done and then be able to move on to and fully focus on Horizon. So, uh, but yeah, Pokemon, still awesome, still trucking along. And shout out to Mike Check Waifu Waifu. Uh, 
over on their Patreon, they are doing a, uh, shoot, forgive me, what is it called? Let me look it up because I, I don't want to butcher it and get it wrong. Okay, I believe it's called The After Story. But they're going to be doing a, a Patreon episode soon where they're going to be talking about their thoughts of about Pokemon um, Legends RCS. So, um, yeah, go check them out. Go support that. Go support them. So, on <laughs> to what I've been watching and, and, and honestly the reason for... One of the many reasons for uh, me coming up with this title is that I feel like a lot of media I consumed this week, anime, manga, heck, my life, <laughs> it has been either chaos is already kicking off or it's some calm before the storms or some chaotic storms just jumping straight into stuff. So I want to start off with something a little, little bit more chill <laughs> before I jump into the... Uh, before I dive into the deep end of some of the crazy stuff I've went uh, read and watched this week. So let's take a look at this. So a bright spot in all the madness that I watched this week is a show called Abbott Elementary. Now, this is one I've you know, been seeing on the timeline for the last like a month. Didn't have any clue about it, but the only thing that I knew was that it had uh what's his name Tyler James Williams aka the guy who as a child played Chris and everybody hates Chris so of course I'm seeing just people talking about the talk about the show and of course I'm just seeing lots of gifs and memes with him from the show like looking at the camera or whatever and so basically it is a sitcom show that follows, what is the synopsis for it? Uh, it follows a group of dedicated, passionate teachers and a slightly tone-deaf principal uh, who find themselves thrown together in a Philadelphia school, public school, where despite the odds stacked against them, they are determined to help their students succeed in life. Though the incredible public servants may be outnumbered and underfunded, they love what they do even if they don't love the school district's less than stellar attitude toward educating children. So, yeah, it, it, I, I love like this show. So, well, I guess by the time y'all see this episode, episode seven will be out. But as of now, I just watched episodes one through six and I watch they're on Hulu. And this show is just such a freaking fun watch because um, it, it, you know, I watch, you know, normal TV here and there, but it's mainly been like stuff like, you know, Peacemaker and things like that, like Marvel shows and DC shows and movies or whatever. So it's been a while since I've like really sunk my teeth into like an actual like a TV show or whatever, especially one that's like a sitcom like this. And I just got to say, like, like if, if you were looking for a funny, fun show, check this out because the whole cast of characters is great um but there's also some a mix of like you know funny wholesomeness but also some important lessons and spotlighting that they're bringing up on issues that are going on with the public school system especially in certain areas around the country around the world that might not be as 
well funded and stuff as a lot of like bigger schools and stuff, whatever, um, especially like in minority minority neighborhoods or whatever, or just like more poverty stricken areas of, of different cities. And so, you know, the, the, the episode six kind of touched on the whole idea of like having a gifted program and how, you know, on paper that sounds good, but then it's, you know, kind of start getting to things of like, well, now students are feeling like they're not good enough or they're feeling alienated because this group of kids get to go out and do all these extra projects that they don't get to do. So that was an interesting episode, uh, as well as, uh, I, <laughs> I, I just love, uh, what I, I'm, I'm gonna just call him just Tyler. Um, guy from everybody, his Chris, uh, but he, his character's name is Gregory. Oh, so Gregory. So he, he comes in as like a substitute teacher because, uh, if I remember correctly, I think that the kids pretty much like ran off the teacher. Yes, that's right. Because most of the teachers that come to the school, the kids are so crazy, whatever, that most of them end up, uh, retiring or just quitting after a short period of time. And so... Uh, so yeah, so so Gregory shows up whatever to kind of be a sub, but he dreams of being becoming an actual principal eventually because that's what he went to school for. Uh, but just just like and, and I love how this is all kind of like wrapped around the idea of like there is an actual camera crew actually in the school because the principal got them to uh because of the school being underfunded, they got them to do a TV show spotlighting basically how horrible the school is from like underfunded sense or whatever and so a lot of moments where like the characters like looking awkwardly at at the camera and stuff whatever during different moments it is because i like, know they are literally looking at an actual camera that's filming them uh so stuff like that is cool and funny uh i also really enjoyed the episode where uh what's her name the, the kind of older teacher uh miss howard to where she is so she's a teacher that's been there for like 20 plus years but there was an episode where they try to start like bring bring in like a new curriculum where they're introducing all this new technology and tablets and stuff whatever and she's kind of struggling but she doesn't want to say that she's struggling you know just you know just out of a bit of you no know, a bit of embarrassment and things like that so that was another good episode but uh and, and of course, the one of like the other main lady, uh, Janine, her spunkiness, just her constantly wanting to try to fix stuff or make it better. But sometimes just sometimes making things worse, like when, hey, the lights are flickering in the hallway and this little girl is too scared to walk down the hall by herself. <laughs> so she's like, you know what? I'm going to fix the light bulb myself. She gets up there starts fixing tweaking around with the wires shuts down electricity at half the school because something a fuse or something blew she took out half the electricity in the school she continued to try to fix it she went to the breaker box now the whole school has no air and except for like the gym or whatever and yeah so she she tries but she she's she's struggling in her own way but uh but yeah th this has just been just like a fun cast the characters to follow so I, I definitely want I just wanted to bring it up because I'm like you know I, I always I'd like to try to put y'all on to fun and new stuff that I'm watching reading playing whatever so yeah so definitely go check out Abbott Elementary like I said I'm watching it on Hulu
it comes out um every Tuesday. Uh yeah, every Tuesday. So let me look up this real quick. Um hold on. So next up <laughs> man. So I just caught up on the last couple episodes of Peacemaker. So I honestly don't even know where to truly begin, but let me pull this up. So Peacemaker. <laughs> Episodes five and six. Man. So yeah. Talk about things escalating. So whoops, sorry. <laughs> whoops, sorry. Good lord, I can't get my stuff straight. Uh so anyway, so this episode or these episodes It was just so much insanity happening. So, pretty much, we had a moment where, uh, and forgive me, I can't freaking remember everybody's freaking names. Uh, Peacemaker cast. Uh, so it's like it's like we had a moment where they go to basically scope out this this uh facility that is probably a base for a lot of the uh butterflies projects and stuff whatever and it's like the helmet that peacemaker has on has x-ray vision which means that he can see the butterflies in the people's skulls or whatever so he can just look at a person and man when they get into the building or whatever and he just immediately just first person he sees just shotguns to the face. I was like, oh, all right, we just going in literally guns blazing, popping heads. And so they go through, they do that craziness, or whatever, while uh, Harcourt, her and Vigilante are elsewhere scoping out the, the facility, or whatever. They ended up getting found out and they go into this room to hide, not knowing it's a freaking gorilla that's also been taken over by a butterfly and they're beating their butts. And then freaking uh, Peacemaker ends up tossing out this freaking handcrafted grenade bomb thing. During their blow, everybody to pieces. But they make it out and they destroyed you know, that, that facility or whatever. Well, later on in the episode, uh, what's her name? Uh, Leota. She ends up going back to the office late at night. It's just her and, uh, and Mern. Well, Peacemaker left his helmet. She puts on the helmet. She's like, oh my God, I can see x And she turns around and looks at Mern and she sees the butterfly. So she's freaking out. I'm freaking out because I'm like, oh no, she's about to die. She didn't die. Mern just stopped or whatever and he called Harcourt. Harcourt apparently already knew that he was a butterfly. So we get a whole backstory explanation. Like, okay, yeah. Harcourt knows as well as uh, the the tech guy, um, Economos. He knows and stuff too. And so, yeah. So now it's like that little group of people know what's going on. Meanwhile, Peacemaker, him and Vigilante are at his crib. Um, and, and this might be the next episode. But anywho, they're at his crib or whatever, chilling or whatever. 
And the butterfly that Peacemaker has captured ever starts trying to communicate with Peacemaker. And so while all that's going on or whatever, the uh, the detective uh, song, uh, she basically ends up letting Peacemaker's dad out of jail because they find out, okay, hey, his prints didn't match, yada, yada, yada. And then they get a warrant to go get Peacemaker. And so that turns to a whole other situation to where Peacemaker and Vigilante escape from the crib. But freaking stupid Vigilante had the butterfly in the jar strapped to his back. And so as they're climbing trees and he's like goofing off and stuff, he falls out the tree, lands on the jar, it cracks, the butterfly gets free and takes over the detective song. And that leads to her summoning hundreds of other butterflies to Earth or wherever they came from. And by the end of the episode, there she basically went to the police station or whatever and took over all the all the police officers, all the prisoners in the prison, all of them got taken over by butterflies. And now they are basically uh framing Peacemaker saying, Oh yeah, he was responsible for I can't remember what it was, um, some event. And uh yeah. So we are getting ready to go into a humongous battle uh, and stuff. So, but it, it was kind of interesting getting, to f- getting some backstory on uh, Mern and, you know, what his deal was and learning that, like, yes, he is a butterfly that took over this person who was seemingly like the worst person in the world. But as he is taking over his body and mind, you know, he is learning that. You know, hey, maybe 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 this guy also could have changed. You know, if if he was given enough time to do so, but now, you know, he doesn't have that option anymore. So, yeah, but th- very good episodes, very insane, <laughs> very insane episodes. Now. Oh man, let's go into uh. Now I probably won't talk about this too too long because I ended up actually doing a separate video on this again. But I still just I still just touch on it again or whatever. But uh, but ranking of kings episode sixteen, which matter of fact, if y'all are watching a video of this, I'll probably just link it in the thing or whatever, um, in the corner on the video, uh, YouTube video, but. Man, this was another freaking awesome episode of seeing our boy Boji doing his thing out here, taking taking these fools out. Um, see if I can find my little thing. Uh, whoops, let me pull it up. Yeah, this episode, man. <laughs> it, it it is it was just so much stuff to freaking that just happened this episode like like we we freaking started off and once again this is ranking of kings episode 16 royal majesty we start off the episode 
with the flashback of Mirajo working with some bandits or something and they're bombarding Boji's mom with arrows. And so we basically get to see how Boji's mother died protecting him. Um, but we also see a moment where like the people that Mirajo is working with also end up when she turns her back, basically kind of like is not paying attention, ends up spearing her as well. She gets injured. So that was one flashback. Then we get some more context between what's going on with uh uh both King Dasha and Gigan and learning that they both kind of have some uh, intertwining stories and stuff. So years ago, King Dasha and his brothers Despa, as well as uh, um, Oaken, they had formed an army to go against their father, who was the previous king. And one of the mercenaries that they hired, or one of the people they hired to join their group, was Gigan. But uh, Deshazam's father had hired a uh, basically a bunch of like orcs or what whatever race Gigan is, and so they used one of the little like green kids as bait to get the horde to come, and they ended up trapping them all in like these crazy pitfalls and stuff and just like slaughtering dozens of them while also still torturing this child and of course Gigan gets mad and he starts killing people on Desha's side and of course that leads to Desha having to take down Gigan and now he's labeled as a traitor and freaking Desha killed the freaking kid now this show is brutal as we have all seen but I definitely was not expecting them to just murk the kid like that, but they did. And so, you know, it, it kind of just, like I said, just gave just really good context of like, hey, why both of these guys, you know, why they, what their issues are with each other as well. It's just like more uh, characterization behind both of these characters into who they are and things of that nature. And so... So Desha and Gagan are charging at each other, or or to be more accurate, Gagan is charging at Desha. Desha's readying up a lightning bolt, and he throws it. Our boy Boji jumps in there and just intercepts the lightning with his sword. And it was just such a cool moment just seeing Boji just run in and just stop it. Like, like, like he shanks showing up to stop the war. <laughs> and so, yeah, man, it, it was just insanity. And then Desha recognizing the sword being like, hey, is, is that one of Despa's? And then he's reaching out to Despa being like, yo, what, what is it? Okay, what, what is up with Boji? What's going on with this kid? And then Despa basically telling him like, hey, you might want to chill don't fight Boji because you're not going to win. And it's like, whoa. I, hey, put more respect on, 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 on a young prince's name. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that was just really dope and really cool to, to see happen. But basically when Adesha ends up leaving and he ends up recruiting Gigan to join his army, 
as well as the pack of like the like the like, little like dog beast things. So yeah, I am just like okay, what the heck is about to happen next? Oh, <laughs> uh, but this this was just like such a freaking such a freaking good episode all around. Now, next one I want to touch on is Sabiqui Bisco, episode five. Now, this episode, if I can get my stuff pulled up so I can check it out. Um, so this episode continues where last one did where where Bisco and uh can't remember his freaking name, uh, Milo, where they are going through this town that seems to only be inhabit inhabited by kids. And so once again, just like getting more lore and backstory on the world and of these characters and just learning once again, like 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 at the same time where Bisco is working his hardest to change the minds of people of how they feel about mushroom keepers. You also have uh what's the sister's name? Uh Pawu. How she is dealing with others with a different situation, but her hatred for mushroom keepers is just growing because she ends up running to she ends up uh, getting stuck in a trap um and ends up learning that well, actually, no, no, no. Now that I think about it, that story might have been a lie because we found out that the people that she supposedly rescued from this giant spider thing have actually been trapping people and killing them. <laughs> I guess for, for sport, I don't know. But, uh, but this like older couple, seemingly wholesome people, man. Like like the, the my, 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 my wholesome radar has been betrayed. <laughs> But yeah, so she, you know the the story that they originally told her was that like years ago, a mushroom keeper came through, claiming that he would help uh, nurse the people back to health. But he was actually running a secret experiment on them, or whatever, and that's what made her get more angry. About like, okay, see, I knew I can't trust mushroom keepers, but then on the flip side, like I said, you have Bisco and Milo in this city full of kids. And so it was interesting just like hearing how a lot of their parents basically were lied to by the governor dude of the, the big city that they escaped. Um, so big, we, let's go. Uh, characters, but, uh, but basically just learning that that guy yeah I can't I can't find his name but but basically like 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 the head guy of the city uh Kurokawa Kurokawa finding out that basically he lied to their parents saying that all the kids had rust and that basically he he has medicine for them, but they got to work to earn. And so all the parents pretty much left to go work for them, which you find out that all the people that we saw that's been wearing like 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 the pink bunny heads and stuff, whatever in town, are these kids' parents. Um, 
And Milo ends up finding out that like, nah, y'all don't have rust. It's just some other disease that he ends up like that, healing all the kids in the whole city from whatever this like minor disease is, you know? And so that happened. And then <laughs> we had these freaking, oh man, that it, it just continues to be a cool thing about this show that I just really love seeing is just like some of the like absurd things they are going up against. Like, you know, we've already seen the freaking giant, um, what's it called? The giant, uh, like crabs and the, the hippos with, with mounted guns on their backs to now this episode we had freaking uh what was it i think it was giant blowfish trying to see if i could find yeah yeah (laughs) yeah these freaking giant people eating blowfish that like a lot of people in the past they said have have gone missing from this too or whatever because they kind of like 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 the head kid of the uh of the town, his dad, so he, when he had a best girl locked up in his little cell, there was like these like giant, nice looking harpoons on the thing. And then the kid was like, yeah, you know, my dad was a fisherman, um, which in hindsight, me hearing that now, it's like, it's like, okay, was he using those harpoons to fish actually in the water back in the day or fishing, literally fishing out of the sky as we see Bisco doing to take these things out. But yeah, this was just such a freaking just another just cool, crazy thing of this show of just, hey, giant fish floating through and I'm going to wreck your stuff. <laughs> but it was also just really cool just watching Bisco just go in and just like take out all of these things uh, and stuff. So, but, but yeah, but I, I am just forever excited to just continue to learn more about this show and I have been happy that I have through some of the, like the Twitter spaces that I mentioned earlier or whatever and following different people I've been finding more people that uh, that are also big on uh, or also fans of this show as well so it's really cool you know just having more people to talk to about the show uh, but yeah but Sabiqui Bisco like I say all the time always a freaking Good fun time. Now, let me see. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Trying to see if I can find. Uh, I don't think I have it. But in anywho, uh. Which one to start with? And, and, and I'm going to keep this short because, like I said, I've read the manga for both of these, but still, I, I have to touch on these episodes. <laughs> so I, I guess I'll start with Demon Slayer real quick. So so the most recent episode of Demon Slayer, the, uh, I guess is this was episode 10 of the Entertainment District, I think. I don't know. Well, whatever whatever episode number this is, um, it is... 
this episode was just like another freaking insane showpiece for the series because like it, it's, it's it's like it's like how how is the animation uh yeah episode 10 so yeah so how how is the animation consistently just going up a notch every freaking episode uh and it, it is so wild because like this show like how beautifully they are animating everything and just like the intensity with the music and everything whatever it is so good that even as somebody who has read it and I know how all this stuff is going, I know the outcome or whatever, there are still moments towards like has bigger and greater impact. Like example, when Tanjiro gets freaking uh, stabbed through the bottom of his mouth. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, whoa, I don't even remember that happening in the manga. But of course, I went back afterwards and I checked. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it was there. I just don't remember um, and granted, that's been two years ago now, too. <laughs> uh, or actually longer, because the manga ended two years ago. This was from... So, episode... So, this episode had covered chapters... I think it was like 93, 94, 95, something like that or whatever. Um, and the wild thing is, for, for, for those of y'all that are only watching the anime... Is that after next week's episode. So next week's episode is going to be a 45 minute season finale. That will that will only be the halfway point in adapting the series. Because that episode should. The last part of the episode should end with chapter 99 of the manga. And the series overall had 205 chapters. So yeah. So we. So y'all are going to get at least minimum two more seasons of Demon Slayer for the next however many years. Uh, but, but yeah, but just the, the intensity of everything, like seeing freaking Zenetsu doing his freaking God speed attack and just how that was animated and, oh, just so good, so good. And I, I went back and I like glanced at the chapters that's going to be in next episode Man, it is gonna be some really good, some really hype stuff. I cannot wait to see it. Now, last show I kind of want to touch on a bit. I think maybe uh, we'll see. <laughs> I might think of something else with it afterwards. But um, but I I have to also talk about Attack on Titan. Once again, I have read it. I know how this is gonna go. But they did such an amazing job with this episode of doing Ymir's backstory and just how all that was portrayed to when she first turned into a Titan and her history and then seeing the three daughters who's who are who the walls are named after wall uh, uh Maria Rose and Cena and all that stuff to Aaron convincing Ymir it's like hey it is okay to make the choice yourself after two thousand years you've been waiting for me I'm here to embrace you. Let's go through this. And then when she wakes up, you see like the actually see the light return to her eyes. And then we cut back to actual present time and see the little like millipede thing, uh, founder thing, uh, attached to Aaron's head, and the rumbling starts. And it was just so freaking awesome to see with the music and just like. Like, like, I, I love the effect of 
once it happened, the rest of the episode or whatever was everything was just like a little bit shaky screen wise. Because you freaking have millions of titans that are free, from, millions of colossal titans, I should say, that are free from the walls that are going out to set on their path of destruction. And just the monologue from Aaron at the end where he is speaking to everybody. He's like, children of Ymir, I am, this is Aaron Yeager. Man, chills, real chills. Um, but yeah, they, they just did such a fantastic job with that whole episode. Um, I've, I fully watched it twice now. I watched it yesterday by myself because my wife was still out of town. I was like, even though, yes, I'm a manga reader, I can't wait, but I can't wait. <laughs> and, uh, but we watched it again. I watched it with her a while ago before I recorded it. Uh, and yeah, just, just like her reaction and stuff, whatever is awesome. Um, uh, but yeah, just just been super dope. Just seeing all this stuff just coming to life. Just really, really, really coming to life. Uh, great stuff. Great stuff. Um, and I guess just just like some uh, just other anime, just like quick round off thoughts, whatever. Um, I enjoyed the episode of My Dress of Darling with them going to the uh, to the cosplay events. That was very cute um, to 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 watch. Uh, I, I am still, I, and I said this before, but it's like uh, strongest sage with the weakest crest. Something about it, 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 it I, I feel like it has found its place as like a comfort anime for me to watch Saturday mornings, because it comes on like like super, it comes on super early Saturday mornings, and then my dress with darling comes on a couple hours afterwards, or whatever, but. It is like it is like it is not doing nothing like super crazy and insane, but it is just good. It is just solid and good, um, and sometimes that is enough, you know. But that was another fun and good episode of that, um, as well as uh, episode two of uh, of uh, what's it called, a salary man club, the 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 badminton one. Because uh, this episode, they actually did a match against another corporation. Um, and so they lost, but it was, it was just really cool just getting to see the character dynamics and stuff of like, you know, how them doing the team stuff works versus how the people on, that are doing the solo matches and stuff. And then just kind of getting to see a little bit more about these characters and stuff and, and what they do and what they're about. So, um, but yeah, so that, that one is still two episodes in, still going pretty good. But aside from that, um, I don't think I have much else, um, watching wise that I want to really talk about. Um, let me see. I'm just kind of just going through one last little pass just to see if there was anything else. Um, I, I did check out, uh. <laughs> the first episode of uh, of the Shimu anime, I I enjoyed it. Now, granted, I have no affinity or history or whatever with the with the game series Shimu. Only thing I know about it, I told this I told this to somebody on Twitter earlier today, or whatever. It's like only thing I know about it is that you know it was it was like like a like a semi open world where you go around doing odd jobs, and he enjoys driving a forklift. 
<laughs> but this episode was seeing like a lot of like martial arts and stuff, whatever, which I enjoy. But like I said, it's just like I had no context for anything else in the show. So I'm like, you know what? This is something I could probably squeeze in and watch, uh, you know, in, in my rotation uh, whenever I have time. So, but yeah, but yeah, Shimu, okay, <laughs> is, uh, is, is the best way I can put that. Um, and also a shout out to Tokyo 24th Ward. Now, this fifth episode, I also just watched that too. I feel like, okay, we're kind of coming back because it feels like each episode is kind of like, oh, okay, I'm interested in, oh, I'm interested in, but this one, I, I enjoyed seeing how they were trying to handle, how each of them was trying to handle this situation of, of Red's friend making the bomb for this, this, for this personal ship or the buff, but just like getting more insight and background as far as like, why he's doing it and stuff for aside from just oh my friend just randomly decided to make a bomb it's like no there's gotta be more to it and so red doing his investigation and stuff whatever and finding out more evidence but unfortunately green ends up getting the snipers out and killing him and you know and, and, and it's like it's like right at the moment where it seemed like okay no he kind of came around and he was possibly not going to do it it, it was still just sad, you know, um, and I'm curious, like, how that's going to affect their friendship and stuff, whatever, so, because more than likely, it's probably going to be up to Blue to try to, like, reconnect everybody and stuff, so, but, um, but, yeah, but Tokyo 24th Ward, really good, really solid. Now, it's getting late, but let's go ahead, let's dive into some manga talk. <laughs> Okay, so this week on my, uh, with with the manga talk section, I'm gonna start off at least just kind of just shouting out or showing off or talking about a new pickup I got in the mail. So this is one I saw somebody purchase over the weekend, and I was like, I see I see a manga called a journal, a a journal of my father. Hey, this is Dad needs to talk. We we, I I need I need more stories about dads about parenting all that stuff whatever, um within manga, and so I listened to it read the synopsis and I was like, I got I gotta I gotta find this and check this out myself, even though I can already tell this is gonna probably gonna f me up emotionally, so just reading this the synopsis a little bit, oops sorry, know thy father. After well over a decade's absence. Yoichi Yamashita's journey back to his hometown to attend uh, journeys back to his hometown to attend his father's funeral. As the relatives gather and the stories flow alongside the drinks, Yoichi's childhood starts to resurface. The spring afternoon, playing on the floor of his father's barbershop, the fire that ravaged the city and his family's home, his parents' divorce, and a new mother. Through confidences and memories shared with those who with those who knew him best, Yoichi rediscovers the man he had long considered an absent and rather cold father. So, yeah, and so this it says uh, a sensitive and intimate story of a family history from the creator of a distant neighborhood, 
The Walking Man, and many more. So, yeah. Judging by the synopsis, like I said, this is probably going to really F me up. Because I feel like, in general, this would. But, kind of going back to what I talked about at the beginning of the episode, with just like, trying to find the balance of like, okay, am I doing enough? Am I teaching my kids enough? You know, am I spending enough time with them? And then it's like, stories like this, it's like, you know, how will my kids look back on me? Um, you know, when, 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 as they get older and stuff, uh, you know, so that that's like one reason why I really wanted to get that. But I'm going to save that for when I kind of clear out some of the stuff I'm kind of working through now. Um, and then I want to get to that for sure. But, um, but yeah, so <laughs> that is definitely a big one on my list, but okay. So let's see. So this week. Let's start with Dr. Stone, manga chapter 228. So this chapter, <laughs> and, and and I am so happy that, that they didn't tease us around for several chapters or whatever. They just jumped straight into it or whatever. So we pretty much learned. And the crazy thing is like, so the corporate behind quote unquote, why man is the petrification devices themselves. <laughs> now that is that that was definitely not on my potential reveals bingo card I had for Dr. Stone. That the same device that they've been dealing with all this time is what's behind it. Now it seems like it seems like you know there's some type of AI technology within the devices, but they collectively make why man and so we see like this freaking humongous humongous area on the dark side of the moon that is just covered in nothing but freaking petrification devices and so yeah that that was just freaking insane to see um and uh what was it uh Hold on, let me see. What what does Senku say? So yeah, so Senku pretty pretty quickly ends up piecing it together. He's kind of like he's like mimicking my voice, huh? The only ones who could have tried to screw us over with that false transmission were you guys. And he's like, I know you can talk using radio radio waves, whether in English or Japanese. And then we see the, the petrification device, the one that's in the capsule, say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like all along this whole time closer than we knew you are the medusas and you the devices are the machine life forms that form why man so yeah <laughs> and so so yeah, so it, it just begins just this conversation between Senku and the petrification devices to where basically the peace offering because like, you know, because they're trying to figure out like, okay, how can we get out of this or whatever? And so Senku ends up saying, uh, 
you know, with the level of science we're at now, we can't create more. Or what, what did he say? Uh, uh, let's see. Think they must operate according to re re replicable rules. Uh, let me see. Do, 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 do. So these things, like any other organism, consider living and surviving to be important. And he ends up saying, we can replenish a life force by providing new diamond batteries. And so, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to go into every freaking little detail with this, whatever, because if, if you if you don't know already, read the chapter. If you have read the chapter, then you already know what's up. But it, it was just so freaking insane that reveal um i i, I think like it's kind of interesting just just that it wasn't a person it wasn't nobody related to Senku or whatever but i am curious for for next chapter because it looks like we're gonna get a flashback because uh uh the petrification device says now compre comprehensive communication of information about turning you to stone several millennia prior will be divulged so we first go back to the beginning and potentially see how all this came to be because it's like it's like clearly somebody had to have made this in the first place because it's, it's like yes maybe you know clearly they've taken on thoughts and life of their own but Somebody had to create that technology to begin with. Now, that part, I'll be curious to see and learn. Like, okay, is this going to loop back around to still maybe, hey, maybe Senku invented something when he was a, a toddler that he threw away, but it be, but it got its own sentience and who knows, you know, but, but yeah, but th this was just like, just like a really crazy and interesting reveal for, for, what why man was and so moving right along from there um i want to touch on uh just just a very little bit of uh my hero academia chapter 342 now this one started off pretty crazy because it was like you know uh and, and this title of this chapter was the extreme quiet before the storm now little shady business was going on at the beginning of the chapter because we had these couple of characters that was like a uh, uh civilians that were chit-chatting about hey we got new orders basically basically they're informants for all for one and they were told to basically kind of basically to stir up stuff within the within the shelter or whatever uh but throughout the chapter or whatever we see um, eventually the heroes and stuff kind of come out and be like, Hey, we're about to go to war or, you know, all this stuff, da, 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 da. And so this chapter mainly focused on just like a lot of characters just kind of like coming to peace with what's, what they like, what they are about to jump into next with this war that's coming. And it was really nice just seeing Deku and Uraraka finally getting to talk for a bit. Um, uh, 
as well as Shoto telling um, Bakugo and Ida them about, you know, his situation with his brother and how, basically how, you know, he wants to sit down and have a bowl of udon with Toya or whatever, basically. And, uh, yeah, and the chapter pretty much ends with uh, with all for one, or we kind of skip ahead a little bit where it's like the day of of the operation, and it, all for one just saying shall we? So, more than likely, this is probably the last chapter, the last bit of resemb uh, uh, resemblance of peace that we might see in the series for quite a long time. I feel like because. You know, we had the craziness of the last big fight with Shigaraki, them, and lots of characters died there, to going into the, uh, you know, that led into the, 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 uh, Toya, Dobby stuff, whatever, and then that led into what happened with Rogue Deku, and then the Lady Nagant, and and Star and Stripe and Shigaraki coming back. And now we've had like a handful of a few chapters of kind of like downtime or whatever. But we about to ramp right back up into it. Um, and I'm curious like how, how this is going to pop off. Like is it going to immediately get to the ish like soon as the next chapter drop or, or starts or whatever. Or it's going to be like a little bit more build up um, to it. So but, um, but yeah that was freaking... <laughs> just freaking crazy um gotta touch on this a little bit Jusu Kaisen manga chapter 174 now this chapter basically it, it, it's uh, it's titled uh, Sendai Colony Part 1 now this chapter is basically a lot of other people scoping out and trying to figure out what's going on with uh with Utah because one of the big bads that we got introduced uh, at the end of last chapter or whatever Utah took him out um and so and so uh basically Utah ends up running to a bunch of civilians like hey you know y'all can hide out here in this in the stadium or whatever and he ends up rushing all people into the stadium and then there is like tons of freaking roaches just scats skitter scattering everywhere and like devouring people <laughs> like like you to like there's this guy trying to run and you to try to grab his arm and scoop him up but the bugs got to him and just like his body just like disintegrated damn near um actually yeah because there's nothing but literally just bones left um, and he says like e each of the cockroaches has cursed energy and they're reinforced, reinforced a single one is no problem but a swarm poses a serious threat uh, and yeah so we get introduced to uh, what is his name uh, shoot did he not say his name uh, his name is 
Kuro, Kuro Rushi, Kuro, Kuro Rushi, um, and it's the freaking, um, <laughs> uh, roach thing, creature person thing, uh, that apparently was kind of like, was kind of like laying low because of the previous, that old guy that Utah had took out last chapter. The roach was laying low because the roach couldn't deal with whatever the other guy's abilities or whatever it is. Uh, but now that he's gone, you know, um, and we get the, the little, little like little floating thing that like gives us gives that information. Says Kuroshi has an endless appetite and eating stimulates parthiogenesis. Having just awakened, is fat of starving, which is why it's on the hunt now. Um, and we kind of also get this like little moment where Yuta is thinking, uh, do, 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 there are probably more players like them in other colonies as well. We can't allow any of them to leave, um, until they're, or we can't allow any to leave until they're eliminated. And we kind of had this moment where. He's thinking back on Gojo and he's like, Sensei, I won't let you kill your best friend a second time. And Yuta says he would kill Kenjaku um, by himself. And so we see the roach uh, squaring up and and summoning this like this like really badass and nasty looking cleaver thing called Festering Life Sword. Um an enchanted and enchanted blade that mixes life and death. But yeah, looks like looks like we're about to see our bo- our boy Yuta go up against one of the surviving roaches from Terror for Mars. <laughs> oh man. But anywho, moving right along. Uh do I even have anything to really say about One Piece this week? Uh I don't think honestly it's just like it's it's like okay one piece 1039 just gonna just like super quick thoughts i'm kind of scrolling through um yeah pretty much it is just continuation of big mom being super op um and kid in law once again reaching deep into their pockets for even more final attacks last straws how many times have they said that (laughs) But Big Mom pulls out some freaking humongous spirit called a Mother's Visit Cannon, 3,000 Leagues of Misery. Um, and yeah, that thing goes in and starts wrecking stuff up. And so we see Law jump on top of freaking Big Mom, stab the sword into her, and activate it and just like, Penetrate straight through Big Mom, straight through Onigashima into the ground on the earth below the floating island. Uh, what's it called? Puncture Willie. So, I don't know. You know, then then Kid comes in with some big. What's it called? Some type of just some type of like like giant gun thing to Big Mom's face. But yeah, so. We'll, we'll see how that goes, but that, that's pretty much like what like what this chapter was. I don't really have much else to to say or speculate on the chapter. Um, 
I want to, let me see which one. Do, 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 do. So it was good having Kaiju number eight back. So chapter 55. Um, let me see. <clears throat> so this chapter of Kaiju number eight. So this was basically just kind of like, like kind of like the aftermath. This was like setting up stuff going in the few going on forward. So of course now with uh uh what you call it uh isayo with him being gone now narumi is i think gonna be taking his place as like as like the the main person in charge um at least for the time being but one thing one thing i appreciated with this chapter and i feel like it was perfect timing for me is that when, when, when I went back and I read volume one of Kaiju number eight again with with the context and looking back on, you know, where the series is now and then going back to those earlier chapters, I definitely did miss the early parts where he was just a cleaning person. And I loved that this chapter started off with the cleanup crew. Uh trying to figure out how they're going to handle cleaning up all these freaking giant kaiju ants and all this stuff whatever and just seeing how just, just, just that whole little squad is still kind of like sticking together doing their thing especially the the main head guy or whatever um I, I like how because I, what, what, what did they say let me pull up something real quick um yeah, one of the guys says, um, yeah, that basically like basically people are starting to leave and flee because it was like, well, if if General Asayo wasn't strong enough to take care of, to take these things out or whatever, you know, everybody thought that he was, you know, I thought he was invincible, invincible since I was a kid. And it's like people are already fleeing the country to avoid another disaster by number nine and then saying we should get ourselves out too and then the the main guy's like no like like if we run away who's gonna clean up the carcass of of number nine um after the after after the defense force kicks number nine's but <laughs> and then he's thinking as he's you no know, marching off saying you know um the japanese defense force ain't gonna take this line down Ain't that right, Kafka? So, so I, I, I just enjoy that he, you know, is is still rooting for his homie Kafka, um, and stuff. And so, next part of the chapter is like we see uh Shin Shinomiya, she's training with, I can't, I don't remember, I haven't learned this out the lady's name, but like one of the other like head, uh, like vice captains or something or whatever, um, but. I love Narumi, of course, because, you know, one of the first times we saw him, he was playing a freaking PS5, chilling. Now he's got a Nintendo Switch, <laughs> chilling, playing the game and stuff. So that, that was just, it's, just, it's just so fun just seeing that on there. Um, but let me see. Do, 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 do. So... 
Oh yeah, so so his vice captain basically comes in and is like, hey, have you decided? Have you made up your mind how to how to handle Kaiju number eight? And saying that the you know that the the, the decision solely lies on him. And then we learn what we thought, or you know, a little bit more on what we saw at the end of the last chapter, where a little bit of Kafka's hand didn't revert back to fully human. <clears throat> so it seems like you know they're doing research or whatever, and they're saying like his. His kaijuification is process uh, progressing. Um, there's a spot on his body that won't revert to human form, and so yeah. So even Kafka, you know, is like, man, okay, you know, you know, guess they found out about my hand. You know, will he even be allowed to keep fighting with them? And then, you know, Rumi comes out and talks to him, and basically is like, you know, we can't let you stay in the defense force um if you keep transforming you might lose the ability to return to human form i can't let somebody fight in that condition uh but that being said with all that in mind let me say this and we get this freaking amazing color spread of narumi with kafka just like holding him by like the the shirt just being like lend me your power kafka hibono and you know he's like i don't give a damn if you completely turn if you completely turn into a kaiju i'll just kill you myself um but he said what matters most is neutralizing number nine by any means necessary um and yeah so they're they're kind of plotting and planning their own little thing so i'm curious like how that's gonna go if it's gonna be like if kafka is gonna be completely like on a search mission now like on his own or what is that how is that gonna play out uh, and yeah, and so he, you know, Narumi tells him, like, all right, you know, from here on out, the defense forces, you know, it's the defense forces turn to strike back. And then we end the chapter with the, uh, the vice captain for squad three. He has part of Kaiju number 10. And it's like, like, like giant chamber tube thingy or whatever. And so, very curious, like, what is going on there? Is he going to try to talk to it to get information? Is he going to use it to make new weapons or whatever for himself? What exactly is his plan? So, um, I'm curious to to see what's going to happen with that. Now, uh, a couple more manga things I kind of just want to touch on a little bit. Um. Shout out to freaking Sakamoto days. Like, <laughs> this chapter, chapter 57, man. This, this chapter, you know, they're still on the plane. And immediately, we get introduced to a freaking annoying dude whose name is Jay Irk. J A Y space E R K. When I actually sat there and thought about it, I was, I was, I was like, oh, jerk. Just straight, just a jerk. Uh, and his nickname is Kill Baby. He even wears a freaking headband that says Kill Baby. Um, he's 28, and this is his fifth attempt at this uh, exam. And so just watching him trying to bully Sakamoto and Shin. And, you know, of course, a lot of people, other people on the planet is like, like, oh, my God, he's trying to intimidate the new guys again and stuff but somebody who's a, who's a flight attendant or whatever she basically says it like hey there are several 
uh, basically like uh, administrators or test people hidden amongst the crowd. And all of them have these bullets with JCC and script on them or whatever. So you need to acquire one. And so it basically turns into a, a off uh, a uh, one for all on the freaking plane to where she basically tells him like, uh, you know, because uh, one of the guys says, hey, are we able to kill the test people? And she's like, yep, of course. Um, if you are able to, that is. And she was like, all right, everybody have a nice fight. And freaking just tons of weapons from shotguns to machine guns to bats with nails to everything. Small blades, a spatula, <laughs> a pen, all that stuff. And so like, like this chapter looks so freaking good and clean with the way some of these people just spring into action. So, so many of these panels look so freaking awesome of just people just doing crazy stuff. Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Kill Baby got taken out because he ran up on the on the flight attendant lady talking about, you got to be kidding me. You know, how am I supposed to fight with this? And he has a spatula and he runs up on her. She hits his hand, spatula flips out his hand. She grabs it and she like slices and slits his throat with the spatula. Um, this one, I, we had like a really cool one that I love where like somebody jumps up on somebody's head and he is literally standing on the back of the dude's head and like show like one foot is like on his shoulder, other foot, foot is like on the back of his head. Gun aimed behind him, just black, takes him out. Uh, so Just so many freaking cool moves and moments and stuff. And then... Uh, I, I still really want to know more about like like the new girl that's like nervous and worried about Sakamoto them and stuff, because she's also a rookie or a new person trying to get in. She looks over at Sakamoto. Only thing that he is given is a pin, and she's like, "Oh my God, what a crazy weapon!" You know, he's gonna be a goner, and she rushes over to try to help him. Sakamoto goes to work like he's John Wick, just just stabbing up, old dude, and everybody is shocked, and he's like, "Uh, it's a good pin." <laughs> so I am like, okay, hey, I should have known that this wasn't going to be like, no, I already knew it wasn't going to be like a normal school thing because they're all freaking assassins. But it's like, it's like they still surprised me and took it a step even further. And just out of nowhere, just like, all right, hey, while we're on the plane, we're not even going to wait till we land. The exam has already begun. Um, Actually, kind of reminds me, I guess, like it would have been like Hunter Hunter where that first exam kind of started out when they were on the boat. And it was like, oh, no, no, the, the test has already begun. So I, I enjoy stuff like that to where it just kind of keeps you on your toes and, like I said, lots of action and crazy moments and stuff. So I, I am just uh, very excited and interesting, uh, interested to see, to see that continue on. Now, another chapter <laughs> that literally went from, like, zero to freaking 200 was Undead Unluck with chapter 97 titled Rotten Bastard. Now, the main thing with this chapter, I just want to mainly just talk about is the imminent danger that is happening, that, that the situation that we were thrust upon. Uh, so somebody notices like, huh? The earth is slowly but surely moving towards the sun. 
And so, of course, they're like, okay, like, what is going on? You know, with, you know, did something change? And so the, the book says that uh, in a, uh, says, I don't know, what did he say? Ah, shoot, where did it go? He says, and so in less than three months, the earth will be swallowed by the sun. <laughs> uh, so of course they're they're like uh, apocalypse. That's the book's name, apocalypse. And so the 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 chick, she's like, "What have you done? What is going on?" And he's like, "You know, no revolution has uh, hasn't been added, but you see, you all went after the seasons that kept the, that kept the earth in order and killed three of them. As a result, you've thrown the planet out of balance." And it just so happened to get something similar to a to revolution in motion. And so he just he just continued to cackle on uh, and stuff, whatever. And so Andy just grabs him and was like, yo. <laughs> uh, and what else the apocalypse said? Uh, uh, let me see. He said, he said, he said, I don't care if you kill me, my work in, in this loop is done. You know, think about it before the next quest on April 1st, the earth is going to be plunged into the sun and cease to exist. That means no more rewards for you guys. You better prepare for the worst. You won't have to wait for the hundredth penalty. The final quest is Ragnarok. As we get just like the super awesome panel of apocalypse there and uh yeah so and, and it also looks like 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 with everything kind of out of source whatever it looks like like time of the day has sped up as well because they because they were like hold on like it was just night a second ago and the sun is already coming up so yeah so they are moving towards the sun they have three months before they are pretty much engulfed in, in flames and <laughs> yeah so it, it is just the insanity of what they talk about this this uh, this uh chapter or whatever it is just like zero to three million in a freaking heartbeat so very 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 final <laughs> Uh, very final thing I'm gonna touch on just super briefly, and I'm gonna get up out of here. Is uh, is Fire Force manga chapter three hundred one, and once again, minor spoilers. But hey, if you don't want to know, just skip to the outro. This be just a few minutes, or whatever. But once again, the chapter is kind of winding down. You know, characters are kind of, you know, with everybody coming back, some characters are kind of making peace with where they are. And some of them are, are purposely choosing that they that they are just done. They wanna they wanna die. I know one of them is uh, the old lady. Uh, what's her name? A uh, Samir Samir, because she mentions that like, hey, she she was around during the previous times, and that she was around for you know to see this uh, this uh, cataclysm. And so now she's like, I can't, I can't go a third round, <laughs> you know? So, so she's like, she chooses death, but, uh, what was it? Um, uh, 
do 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 do. Yes, Shane kicks uh, uh, despair and creates the sun from Soul Eater, which is if you're watching the video, it's a little bit in the background behind me. But uh, let me see. Yeah. So so yeah. So 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 the rest of the pillars are like okay. Yeah, it looks like a uh, how may has chosen life. Uh, Amaterasu, she chooses death as well. Because she's like, you know, I, I would disappear along with despair. I'm opting for death. I have no interest in going all going out and living at this point. And she tells Iris to like, hey, go live your life. Go do your thing. And yes, yeah, Samira so said, I have seen the modern age, a world of flames and now a world of death and souls i have no interest in living as a lone human across three ages so she also chooses death and yeah so iris returns talks to shin and <laughs> the i can't think of the, the the kind of crazy girl whatever but shin is the one that kind of kind of they can draw the like like the ignition points or whatever she came back because Shin's like, oh, look who came back. And she's like, ah, I tried dying, but it was actually kind of kind of lame, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But, uh, but yeah, and then Shin or show is like, well done, brother. You know, now everything is settled. And then Shin is like, no, we're not done yet. As he looks up and he sees death saying, I have no reason to let you continue living. And then Shin just says, with a somber look on his face, yeah, I know. As next chapter is titled, Divine Judgment. So, I am very curious, is Shin actually about to die here? You know, which which we know, hey, if, if this 100% more or less is going to be the prequel to Fire Force, all these characters are going to die eventually because they don't really show up in Fire, uh, not Fire Force, Soul, Soul Eater. But... I would be sad if Shen did die here. It would be cool if he got to at least go see and talk to his friends, like his his squad at least one more time. Uh but yeah, it it, it would suck if uh or, or not suck, but it would just be sad if he just goes out as like, okay, he, he literally became God in this world. He became not just a god, but he became God. And he brought everybody back to life, gathered despair, created death, all this stuff. And so what else is there left for Shin to do? Um, but he, he will be truly heralded as a hero from this situation. So, but yeah, but good, good stuff all around. But yeah, y'all. <laughs> And I don't think I don't think I had nothing else to to touch on with manga wise. Like I said, I've already talked talked a lot, so let's go ahead and just uh, bounce up out of here and get going. So as always, thank you for listening and/or watching. I am your host Robert, and this has been Dad Needs to Talk. Um, if you're not already, make sure you go check out the website, dannystalk.com, which is the central hub for everything that I do. 
go subscribe to the Daddy to Talk YouTube channel so that you can, you know, get the podcast in video form as well as any other content and videos and stuff that I do that don't end up having the audio put on the podcast feeds. Um, and speaking of which, make sure you uh, make sure you're subscribed, followed, whatever. Uh, to the podcast on all or whatever preferred podcast service of choices and also uh, hit me up on social media you know reach out to me via twitter at dad needs to talk on instagram and tiktok i'm at dad needs to talk podcast and yeah that's gonna be it um like i said i have lots of stuff in the oven cooking <laughs> for 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 the uh, days and weeks to come months to come in some cases with some stuff um but yeah just be on the lookout i got some pretty cool stuff um planned so it's been across that you know things get to go through and come to fruition but i'm gonna end it there i'm tired it's late got a busy day tomorrow but as always thank y'all so much for the support um and, and all the love that y'all continue to give me uh, and like I said, make sure y'all go check out some of those uh, Twitter spaces and stuff that I shouted out earlier. Sim- Saturdays with Moody, the Tabernacle of Boji with Panda the Don, and Anime After Dark with uh, Worst Gen Podcast and Blanime Podcast. Uh, and yeah, with that, your boy is out. And just remember, as we always say, and especially with this being uh, self-care month. Uh, Treat yourself to something nice. Read some manga. Watch some anime and TV. Play some video games. And most important of all, live your life. And with that, I am out. Y'all be easy. Don't have too much fun without me. (laughs) I'll catch y'all next time. Peace.